This is Hitting the Mark. Conversations with founders about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success. With your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Geierhalter. It was key to our success. I mean, I, I, I think that we'd be maybe a tenth the size we are now if, if our name wasn't shit. Um, the reason being is you couldn't ignore it. It stopped people. You know, people went, wait, what? Yeah, who the hell would call their company shit? Are they crazy? This was Jason Stoddard, who founded an improbable made-in-the-U.S. product company in the hi-fi space that is putting out high-quality, inexpensive units while innovating on many fronts. And fueled by the name shit, his company has become a beloved brand. And shit is only 12 years old, yet seven years ago, he already published a book detailing the journey of the startup. Many of you know that I'm now also running a made-in-the-US product startup that plays in the audio world called Tone Optic. So after reading Jason's book about his mesmerizing brand journey, I knew I had to have him on the show. I know it is a bit awkward having shit on just a few episodes after shit that I knit, but this is sheer coincidence and it is actually fascinating to hear how the two company stories link up at certain points. And now without further ado, over to my inspiring conversation with Jason. Welcome to the show, Jason. It's good to be here. Oh, it's amazing to finally have you. Um, I've been trying to get you on the show really for a whole lot of reasons. So first, you're running an improbable, made-in-the-US product company in the hi-fi space that is putting out high-quality, inexpensive units while innovating on many fronts and fueled by the name shit, your company has become a beloved brand, as I want to call it, because it is. And shit is only 12 years old, if my research is correct, and... Seven years ago, you already published a book detailing the journey of your startup. There are also quite a few parallels here to my journey, as you and I discussed offline prior. Um, I, I founded an agency. I wrote three books. Uh, and this year, I launched a made-in-the-US garage product startup for hi-fi nerds. And I'm about to curl up and cry. But <laughs> so, so besides yeah. that last part, <laughs> we do have a lot in common. <laughs> Yeah, that 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 could be a, a typical reaction to actually trying to make things in the U.S., doing audio gear, uh, you know, just the general craziness right now with you know, can I even get any parts? You know, it, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. So here I am curled up and crying, but I'm still going to hold myself, uh, you know, upright over the next uh, over the next uh, 30 minutes or so. Take us take us back to to those first months, um, kind of like where I'm at now, like where when you started out uh, shit, you started it out out of the garage. And this is not the typical, you know, metaphor. You literally were in the garage. Literally. Uh, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Not only you, there were a couple more involved. What was what was the drive? Why did you get sucked into this? I mean, you were running an agency. Life wasn't all that bad. Why start anew? Well, actually, life was not great. Um, I mean, here, here's the thing. This is 2008, you know, global financial downturn. Uh, this is the first time in the agency world I, I saw, you know, business actually slow down across all business sectors. You know, usually you could 
you know, to be frank, you can switch to a different sector. We went from, you know, uh, technology to food, you know, to, and back again, and, and it was really good, but everything slowed down. And so I dusted off an old idea of like, hey, you know, you started in audio. This is it's what I did when I got out of college. I designed audio gear for a company called Sumo. Uh, I was involved with Mike Moffat's uh, audio company called Theta Digital. Um, and yeah, I, I, I could maybe maybe I could do that again, which is a really really stupid idea because after <laughs> yeah after like eighteen years in the agency world, I was like I didn't know shit. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know. I was rusty, but, you know, figured it out. And so I just started spending a bunch of time in the garage, you know, working on, you know, the, the, the first couple products that, that we were going to bring out. And there was actually a path to that, too, because, you know, I started getting interested in headphones because I was doing a lot of writing at the time. And so I wanted to, you know, shut out the world. So I, you know, had been playing with headphones. And that got me into headphone amps. And that got me into thinking, maybe I can do this better. Yeah, and that's one of the things you'll see us ask a lot. You know, can we do this better? Not just can we do the same thing or whatever, but you know, do we have something to add to the conversation, product-wise? Yeah, and uh, started doing that. You know, just prototyping and you know, getting the the bones around a you know direct sale audio company. Um, and it took a lot of time. My wife was very frustrated, you know, with all the time I was spending in the garage. Um, and that's actually how the company name came about. Um, she she said, uh, she, uh, she actually said, it, well, it came about like she said, hey, you know, very frustrated. She's like, all you ever do is, she said, all you do is you say you got shit to do, you got this is all you ever have to do. You know, you're always doing all this shit and you can't do anything else. Why don't you just call the company shit? <laughs> and I'm like, that is, and I just stopped right there. I remember I stopped dead and went, wait, that is actually the most brilliant thing I've heard because we don't have a lot of money to do marketing. Uh, everyone will, remember it it is something that would get me thrown out on my ear if i proposed it to any of the clients at our agency <laughs> um so i love it and you know we we kind of combobulated that with some kind of norse mythology type names because the norse are great they they named everything i mean they named not just gods but like you know are you know places and 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 parts and things and dwarves and I mean we have names for the, until the end of time. We could have a product line so big that no one would know what the heck we're doing. And that's the um, nomenclature there, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, that we we got that off and running, and of course, uh, the first order we got was for the you know we had two products. We got an order for the product we had not finished yet, of course. Of course. Because you put it uh, out for sale even though you didn't have it. Yeah, because we're <laughs> idiots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's kind of like rule number one, don't put anything out for sale if, if it's not ready. Um, but, you know, I didn't know how it'd go. I figured, oh, this is a nice little garage business. Maybe we'll, you know, put a shop in the backyard and you know, maybe to make enough money to, you know, pay for a car payment or something. And, you know. Eight months later, we're doing a million dollars a year out of the garage. It's starting to, you know, get to the point where it's eating the agency. And I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I guess it's not a small company. 
Um, but the path to that was was a big mess too, because you know we we actually hired people and they were working in our garage, and you know that that didn't last long, and we had to move out into um, a, a small office we affectionately called the shithole. Um, it was it was a shithole. It was a really old, you know, dusty nasty office but you know it got us going and then we actually moved to one of the places we are today uh, which is in valencia in an industrial building we've we've since like expanded to to take pretty much all of it and we've just expanded as of last year into texas to we've bifurcated the line so we're doing the less expensive simpler stuff in texas and the more complicated stuff in california fascinating there there was there was a week uh, when when two people in the audio world advised me back to back. I think it must have been you know two two days in a row that I should read your book. Uh, Shit happens. The story of the world's most improbable startup. Um, I'm now eighty percent through it, and I'm so glad I took their advice. As I can highly recommend it to anyone listening who is either who are either starting bootstrapped, uh, especially those in the hardware product space, or of course for anyone who's a hi-fi nerd because you're getting pretty geeky in certain <laughs> certain chapters, which went right over my head. But I'm like, this yeah. is interesting. <laughs> and and to be honest, it took me weeks. After I had the book sitting on my desk, on my desk, it took me weeks to get myself to start reading it because I was terrified of all the mistakes that I know I already did and you'd point me to. Um, so I was kind of like, life is already stressful enough doing the startup. I don't want to read this book either. But um, it actually turned into more of an emotional support and, uh, and quite a kick in the butt for me to, to keep pushing. Um, let me read, let me read um, this, this one paragraph here um, out of the book. Um, it's about what, what starting a garage business can actually mean if you're serious about it. So here's what you wrote, um, what's the limit of a garage business? A lot higher than you might think. When I finally started looking for space, we were still only using one third of a three-car garage for production and shipping. In that space, we just cracked seven figures in sales. I'm using a specific number to illustrate what you can do with a self-funded home-based manufacturing business. Remember, we got started with 10K. 18 months later, we're into seven figures annually in a garage. This is this is not intended to be bragging. This is intended to be inspiration for you. Starting your own business is absolutely doable without taking loans, leasing tons of space, hanging your ass out for bankers, gambling on delivering a crowdfunded product on time, or otherwise getting uh, betting big on getting big. I think that's amazing. I mean that 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 idea of hitting seven figures in a garage. Oh yeah, it's it's completely nuts. If if you told me, especially manufacturing, yeah, I mean, manuf I yeah. mean making things. Now there was additional carnage. I mean, we did actually build out the attic and stuff, you know, for storage and you know stuff. I mean, we were <laughs> we were crammed into it. I mean, we were using the house, you know, for you know for shipping. I have there's probably some photos in there of or, you know photos kicking around of the really early days. But the thing is, if if you want to do it, you you can absolutely do it. Um, and we were determined to do it without a lot of money, and you know, I didn't want to deal with banks. You know, I've dealt with them before. Don't want to do that again. Yep. Um, you know, I, I, they, you know, they seem to love you most when you don't need the money, and, and then, <laughs> and then they still won't give you a line of credit, which is hilarious. Yeah. So then they're like, "Well, you don't need it." It's like, well. <laughs> 
Um, anyway, so, but, so, but yeah, how, how many how many square feet are you total now, and how many employees do you have now? Uh, we're about twenty five thousand square feet, and uh, we are right under fifty. I think we're you know, like forty five wow. employees. Wow. Yeah, we're, we're a lot bigger than we were. I mean, we're you know, audio is not a big business. We're definitely one of the larger audio companies. I don't know where we actually fall because you know most of our competitors are are private like us. So you know who knows. But um, just you know anecdotally. Yeah, I know that we're one of the larger ones, and I do know our demographic is is very young, you know, for for the industry, which is you know probably to be expected given our name and and the fact we make ninety nine dollar products. Well, and also a couple thousand dollar products now, right? Yes, we do. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty wide range, and um, it, it's it's really weird. You know, we're, we're actually starting now. You know, oh god, it's it, with the corporate stuff's coming in. We're starting to track like what are the top ten products by sales, and it, it's fascinating because it's pretty much evenly divided between the inexpensive stuff and the expensive stuff. Interesting. And all and the middle kind of falls out. You know, um, and that's well, and, that that makes a lot of sense, right? No one's interested in the middle of the line uh, ever, right? Right. Uh, right. And, and what's what's fascinating to me is you added pricing to of each product in your sub navigation on the website. So when you actually use the navigation and you see the names of of, of the products, it says exactly like two hundred thirty four dollars right next to it, um, or whatever whatever price it is. Is that? I love it. First of all, I I think it's I think it's fantastic on many levels. But 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 did you do that out of transparency, or does it almost serve as a shopping aid? Yeah, it's a shopping aid. I I did that deliberately, and I've, we've done that since day one. Um, huh. The 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 re the reason actually being is if someone is unfamiliar with us, you know, but they're shopping for say a headphone amplifier or preamp, uh, they probably know one thing. They probably know about what they want to spend, um, and they also probably know you know and. Since everything is in price order from lowest to highest, they kind of know where it falls in the line. So people can just scan it and go, "Oh, okay, you know, there's a hundred dollar headphone amp. Let's look at that." You know, oh, but I, oh, you also have a a sixteen hundred dollar one. <laughs> yeah, it's a, you know different class. But well, and it's also branding, right? Because you already yeah. while people search for the two hundred three hundred dollar product because that's kind of like how they came into your site, they're already educated about. But wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's a trick that I got um, when we were actually doing branding, uh, we were doing some brand work, uh, uh, website development actually for Canon. And uh, this was back in the days when they still had film cameras and digital cameras and yep. you know video and everything. It was before phones ate everything. And and they're like, well, you know, you have to present the brands like this, and you know, this is the sub brand, and this is how you do it. And I'm like, I'm just going to throw all that away, and I'm going to assume someone doesn't know anything about Canon. I'm going to make a site that's you know basically what I would do. And I had I had that type of navigation with pricing because I figured people probably know if they want a digital camera and about how much. You know, they may not know anything else and they don't care about the brands. No mm -hmm. one gives a shit about Canon sub brands. So that's that's <laughs> something that a lot of brands could take to heart. It's 
it, it it's really cool. It gets a little messy at times though when you don't have that. Yeah. So but but you have to have you know product uh separators or configurations or something instead of the subbrands. But I I totally agree with what you're saying and I think it's fascinating because you did this with Canon back what like late 90s early 2000s? Yeah, there's probably actually probably actually 99 or 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I still don't see it, you know, being done a lot. No. Uh, so oh, this no, is our little secret that now everyone knows. <laughs> it's it's weird. I mean, I'd be happy if more people did it because that's usually how I shop. Yeah, I yeah. find a lot of a lot of things I'm not familiar with, and it's like, okay, guys, take me through what you got. And it's like I don't want to click on every one, and and oh, this one's eight thousand dollars, and this one's four hundred bucks. You know, it's like, give me a range. Well, and how often, how often in, in these forums do you see when people ask, hey, I want to have a turntable in the $500 range? Yep, Boom, exactly. right? Like they don't ask, I want a turntable with this kind of cartridge or this kind of belt or no, that's that's the number. <laughs> Take me yeah. from there, right? Um, that, that is the magic number. That's why we stopped doing our turntable. It's like we can't really compete. We couldn't do a unique turntable the you know to our standard at that price point and so our turntable wasn't you know super um super popular i guess would be the the you know, politically correct way i didn't know it. you had a turntable that gets me very excited but we can't get off track because otherwise my yeah. listeners are going to hate me but this is very exciting but um uh, what was the price point it was uh i think nine it was yeah 899 um yeah. and up to up to about a thousand with uh, a better cartridge on yeah might have also been timing back then right because now it's a different it's a totally different uh scene when it comes to turntables yeah it's we we came in when it was when it was quite popular it's just that it's a very it's a very weird turntable so i mean it, it doesn't look like anything else so um i think that there's there's part of you know that was part of it was you know People like the performance. They did not like the convenience or the form factor or the price. So it's like, okay, cool. You know, <laughs> we we uh, you know we have had our failures and and we you know, we learn from them and try not to do them again. So and and one of the failures of that particular turntable was to innovate or to do it differently or to yeah. Actually, one of the reasons we did it, like I said, you know, we always ask ourselves, can we contribute to the conversation and the the turntables in the market if you go look at them they're pretty much universally you know an mdf plinth you know mdf slab and you know with a little short turn you know tone arm sometimes it's carbon fiber you know it'll have a hundred dollar ish cartridge on it and that you sell that for four to six hundred dollars you know it's great there's a billion of them right now and um that we decided, oh, we want to do a, uni a true unipivot, low-mass, cast aluminum design with a cast aluminum platter, hmm. uh, you know, hand-assembled, you know, uh, it was a 12-inch tone arm, which is hmm. unheard of. Um, and it was a true unipivot. And hmm. it, it was, you know, it was great, but it, I mean, we couldn't even put a desk cover on it. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's so weird. It was so weird looking. Of course, yeah, that just occurred to me. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it, it was not popular, uh, yeah. but we did, we did, you know, kind of uh, do something very different from what was out there. Um, it's just that the the market, unless we could bring it in at five hundred dollars, uh, the market I don't uh, and have a dust cover. Uh, I don't think the market's quite ready for that. Yeah, maybe we can do it in the future. Um, you know, we've learned a lot from it, but, uh, yeah, we're not, not going at that right now. 
Yeah, definitely some exciting thoughts, though. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it gets me excited. Um, let, let's keep talking about your your, your site and your brand, um, because the two these days are very interlinked, um, especially D2C. Your site very is a huge representation of your brand. Um, when you arrive at shit.com, um, these are the first words that you will read. Um, yes, that is our name. Shita, it's a proud German name. I'm trying to do this in a German accent. It's hard for me. No, <laughs> it's Shita. It's a, it's a proud German name, host to a long line of audio engineers who slaved away in crumbling Teutonic fortresses as lightning lashed the dark lands outside, working to perfect the best amplification devices in the world. Or, well, no, yep, shit is our name and it's pronounced, well, like, hey man, that's really some good shit. And now that we have your attention, <laughs> and then and that's literally the only copy on the homepage, like the main the main copy on the homepage, and then you simply show images of just about fifteen big industry awards, and then you mention up to five year warranty, fifteen day money back guarantee, built in California and Texas, and that's it. And I just love I, to me that's brilliant positioning. <laughs> And it really hasn't changed. I mean, that is <laughs> I, I, that is pretty much literally how it's been for twelve years. It's amazing because I I I I hesitated from saying this before, but I it's kind of like ill timed that you're on the show now because I had the founder of Shit That I Knit on the show, um, <laughs> and, and and just a couple of shows ago, right? And I don't know what show I'm on, episode 80, 85, something like this, right? And I had her on. It was the same thing where her sister at some point said, "Why don't you just call it Shit That I Knit?" And it literally it was the same thing. And she um and 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 and, and she is now an official partner of the Winter Olympics with her knitwear, and it's just beyond cool with a name like that, uh, or very much because of a name like that, right? Um, but 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 with you guys from the get go, you went against a lot of the stereotypical manufacturing and marketing techniques in the hi-fi world. Um, how much did the decision to name your brand shit affect uh, your your early early success? You think or hindered? Oh, I actually think it it was key to our success. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I I think that we'd be maybe a tenth the size we are now if if our name wasn't shit. Um, the reason being is you couldn't ignore it. Uh, literally the day after we launched, I got a call from uh, the the actually the founder of HeadFi.com, you know Jude, and he he said, "Are you guys serious with this?" And he said, hey, "Can you make can you make money at these like super low prices because this is nuts?" And I'm like, "Yes, we are serious, and and yes, we can make money. We're you know we're all good." Um, and he's like, send you know, send me some products. So we did, and uh, you know, he reviewed them, and, and that that's what kind of got everything started. But the main thing is, it stopped people. You know, people went, wait, what? You know, it, you know, who the hell would call their company shit? Are they crazy? And it's like, no. Nah. And what's up with those prices, right? Like those two things yes. combined. It's just like what and yeah. that starts a conversation and that starts intrigue and like you said that was most probably one of your first big breakthroughs when you had that phone call of like hey well tell us more are you serious uh, send me one of those yeah it was and it was huge i mean the the brand really is our thing because right now okay if 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 you are well some people in audio they're like oh you know shit they're just a marketing company 
You know, it's just all about marketing. It's like, it's really funny because um, I'm like, <laughs> you should see how little we spend on marketing. We do almost no advertising. We don't spend much on the website. You know, things don't really change that much. We don't do any printed material. We do almost nothing. I mean, it's like 0.02% of revenue. I mean, it is so low that any CMO would have a stroke. But we have a strong brand. We have a very strong brand. People know who we are because of the name and because we actually you know, participate in, uh, you know, the, the forums and the places where, you know, audio files, you know, congregate, you know, we've done that, done that from the start because I actually enjoy it. I, you know, I, I keep publishing chapters of this book on HeadFi. There's, you know, about oh, cool. 10, 10 billion of them now. Amazing. Uh, but yeah, but I, I average, you know, somewhere between 10 and 20 chapters a year, uh, as things come out or as things happen. And, um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, it's uh, it, it's not that you're uh, investing in marketing when you uh, publish chapters of your book slowly. <laughs> it's yeah, kind of it's kind of a nice trick. I like that. <laughs> that's true. I mean, okay, and that that's actually a good question. I mean, it's invest. You know, it's me investing time in marketing. You know, um, it's the founder investing time in marketing. Right. Uh, you know, rather than you know, okay, let's throw a bunch of money at you know magazine ads and things like that. Um, we are doing our own little uh, audio show, and we've done those in the past. Uh, we have the the Texas Audio Roundup coming up, and you know we are you know paying for half of that with Emotiva, another direct sale audio company. Yeah, and we've done what we've called shit shows in the past um, to introduce <laughs> products where we actually we actually fly out you know journalists and stuff. So you know those are you know decent investments, but you do it. We do it, you know, on an average of once every few years. Um, and it's and so. it's maybe not so much marketing, but more PR, right? It's like, hey, we have a new thing, yeah. we have something to talk about. Let's let's invite you to 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 listen in, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, and the most money we've probably ever spent on ads, period, was actually kind of tweaking the editor editor of Stereophile after he called one of our DACs obsolete in a review, hmm. and so I'm like, that's a great title. <laughs> and so we actually ran an ad so, you know, with the title of obsolete and then all of our other awards for it, you know, and then, you know, some, some words about, you know, we, you know, uh, a lot of other stuff in audio is obsolete, you know, tubes and class A and discrete, you know, all that stuff is obsolete as well. So we're, we're comfortable being obsolete. Um, I think he thought we hated him. I'm like, I said, dude, you're British. This is, it, this is got British humor, right? We're just <laughs> playing with you a bit. And yeah, you know, we, we made up and everything, but, uh, it was, it, it's funny. You know, people know that we will, you know, use the words, even if they're negative, um, because it's, yeah, let, let's have some fun. Well, and there's a, there's a company out and, and I had the founder, uh, he's LA based too. I think he's from Pasadena up there. Um, he, he was on the show to, uh, liquid death, uh, which is the water company. Yeah. And, um, it's the exact same model, right? It's, I mean, they literally push paid advertising out that tells that, that just has horrible quotes <laughs> of people saying you should die in hell. Right. And this is the worst idea anyone ever had. And they, and I mean, it's like, you know, it's part of the foundation of the, of the brand. And it's, it's, it's so easy for me to talk about it from a brand level, but when you're, and I talked to you about this before we went on air, it's, you know, but but now I'm doing my own startup, and I get these messages daily. Yeah. People are like, "You're you're absolutely bonkers. You're crazy. And why would yep. you want to rotate a record storage unit?" And and like, you know, 
you know, how can you justify this price? And but but I mean, some of them are pretty harsh, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And and it's and it's easy to say, well, this is important. You need to have haters so that you can have lovers and all the stuff I usually say. But when you're in the driver's seat, it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a big, it, it, yeah. It, it didn't it didn't hurt that um, you know, I was actively involved in responding to I think pretty much all the emails uh, that came in to us for several years I think uh, you know it was, it was three or four years I was doing that and that that actually is great because that gives mm -hmm. you an overall view of, of you know what what people are concerned with and what people you know what people really need and I you know uh, I can't do that anymore but I am still involved you know Like my lab, my de my dev lab is literally in the same you know office as the repairs, so I know you know what's coming in. If, yep. You know if there's an issue, I can talk to the techs when they go. Oh, you know, these people are complaining about this or that. Um, it, it's very important to to stay close coupled on that, and not not discount. Yep. Um, you know what people say, but yeah, there's going to be some crazies, and there's going to be some people who just well there's going to be crazies that love you and crazies that hate you let's just put it that way right 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 yeah. right right and you should yeah. listen to to both of them to a certain extent and i think i yes. think that's uh that's that's it's very important and i tell i tell you know there, there was there was a ceo founder on the show i forgot who it was and he's doing that he's every week he he reserves at least half an hour to take customer customer mm -hmm. calls um and i think it's amazing I mean, that's really, yeah. you need to have that pulse, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's super important. Um, let's talk a little bit about, about the pricing, which is one of the big brand differentiators, right? And I'm going to quote from the book again. Um, you're saying, bottom line, you can't tread water. You can't stand still. You have to sacrifice your babies. You need to look straight on at cannibalizing your own products. You always have to be asking, what can we do better, less expensively? Even if it lays waste to your entire lineup, because you know what? If you don't do it, someone else will. So I, I myself am manufacturing in the US with Tone Optic, uh, proudly so, right? And it is not treating me very well. Um, it, you, you can basically spend a person's day job just looking for less expensive yet high quality manufacturers. Oh boy. <laughs> Especially if your product is made of several components that need to be manufactured by several different vendors, right? What have you what have you learned? How is shit able to outprice made in China products in the US? Is there any big big lesson? There I, I don't think there's any you know huge mystery about it. Um, the the Chinese native brands uh, that you know that actually sell for more than us, um, which there's a surprising number of. I think they're they're more engineered for distribution, you know, so they actually have that extra level of markup, you know, built in. We're really a very pure direct sale, you know, audio company. Um, so our, our margins are not, you know, we don't have margins baked in for distribution. Yeah. Um, you know, the, we're just basically as efficient as we can be. Um, we make, we make a lot of things, uh, you know, we do, we are starting to feel the crunch, you know, of, of inflation right now. And we've had to raise some prices, but we've also like introduced new products that perform better that cost less. So, hmm. you know, it's like wherever we can, you know, do it, we will. Um, and I, you know, basically I'm an old school engineer. We, we figure out what it, you know, what it takes to, You know, produce it. We multiply it by our multiplier, 
and that's the price. You're done. <laughs> and most most audio companies are like, well, you leave money on the table. What will someone really pay for that? And I'm like, I don't care what someone will really pay for that. That's awesome. I have no interest. I have no interest in that. It's like because that's how everyone else works, and that's how you guys ended up with an industry where the average purchase age sometimes seems like they're 87. You know. <laughs> Oh, the the the, mo- the the funniest you know panel I was ever on was you know this whole thing about oh you know the graying of audio file you know why why are why are audio files so old and I sat there and listened to them talk about well you know the the young people do this and young people do that and phones and blah and I I, I turned to him I said your stuff's too bloody expensive yeah yeah that's exactly the problem <laughs> you know I said. Guy, they're like, well, how come you sell to the, you know, to younger people? I'm like, because we make stuff sells for a hundred dollars, not ten grand. You yeah. know, it's yeah. so but, anyway, yeah. But it's interesting because you still have you still have distributors, right? Internationally, you have distributors. How 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 do how do you make that work? With yeah, the it's, uh, <laughs> it's a fine not line. Well, not well, <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of suffering from the distributors, and then you know they of course have to they have to make money, so they right. have to mark it up. So our our you know, it, we are not so much a global brand because you know what's a hundred dollars here might be the equivalent of one hundred and fifty, you know, euros. You know, whereas you know, if you were a global brand, you'd be you know looking for parity or less in euros, you know, or you know, and less in pounds, you know, things like that. Yeah, uh, we're not there. I don't know if we'll ever get there. We've actually talked about uh, doing some local manufacturing, um, you know, to try to get around right. that. But then you right. run into VAT, so. You know, oh yeah, because it, yeah. It's not it's not like sales tax where it's just at the end point. It's like when you're making it too. Interesting. So, I don't know. I don't know. It. Yeah. The, the, there are no easy answers. I. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Absolutely. Anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so in 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 2015, you made a when you wrote the book, right? You made a bold prediction. Um, you said that in the next decade, we're going to see paid conventional advertising in big name venues become the most credible source of information and word of mouth the least credible. Saying that we'll trust paid advertising more than we will trust our friends. It's 2022 now. I thought it's time to check in. <laughs> yeah, that that has not happened yet. But, but the the walls are starting to crumble a bit. I mean, you know, there's so much conversation about are these real reviews? Are these fake reviews? Mm-hmm. You know, is this a paid a paid shill? And I'm like, heck, paid shill, paid anti shill. That that's really and there's <laughs> a ton of them out there, and so it's like there's more uncertainty about word of mouth. You know, you're still going to trust your friends, but you may cast a more jaundiced eye on, you know, reviews, say on Amazon or whatever. Um, you know, conventional advertising, yeah, sure, it's you know, it's kind of dying anyway. But uh, it's, I don't know that it's more credible. But I think every advertiser knows that if they make claims, they're going to be examined with a microscope. They're held accountable, uh, yeah, and they'll be held accountable. I think that's why they typically don't make any claims anymore (laughs) (laughs) that's not how you wanted it to be (laughs) but that's how the future always is you know it's like you can't you can't predict it um uh i did i i wrote that in a fairly cynical moment i i think the the trends kind of are still going that way but you know what's going to happen is there's going to be a left turn and we're going to end up somewhere even weirder 
Well, and I, 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 I think it's, I think it's important to bring it up because it's a, it's a, it's a very good, it's, it's a very good way of seeing, um, you know, oh, I trust reviews, right? And it's just not quite heading that way anymore. So it's an interesting uh, talking point for sure. Yeah, people are learning, you know, it's like how many reviews, how many actually have text, how many sound like a human. You know, how, you know how, how credible is it that it really is? You know, you have eight thousand reviews and they have a five point you know star rating. It's right. like, mm, yeah, it, and you know, and it, it it'll get worse. You know, it'll get worse before it gets better. Um, I've had well, many many strong thoughts about this, which I'll spare you from. No, absolutely, and and I I, I ordered uh, some lights for my for my bike, uh, and and on the website they had the big logo of uh, what is it? Trust. Uh, what is it? Trust advisor? No, that's TripAdvisor. There's some. There's this yeah, one. There's a, yeah. Whatever that what badge is. That badge yeah. of like, hey, right? And and I saw it, and I'm like, oh, peace of mind. That's good, right? And I ordered it. Uh, they never shipped it to me. Uh, it, it was a complete. It was a complete. Uh, you know, nightmare. And then once I actually looked behind closed doors, on that same site where they had the logo on their website, they actually got two stars out of five. And so it's Ooh, like ouch. it's like it doesn't even All matter right. anymore. It's like everything is kind of fake in this world if you don't go deep into it. And I think that's also uh, why why shit turned into into a brand and and why it's all success because you don't upcharge you're you're down to earth you're 100% transparent and not because it's hip to be so as a brand in 2022 but because that's how you started <laughs> like that's a philosophy yeah. right um so well and and with 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 your success and with you coming from the brand and advertising and marketing uh, side having having successfully founded and run an agency for a long time what does what does branding what does branding mean to you it's such a it's such a hated it's such a hated word rightfully Oh, I know, and I, it's uh, in the agent um, in the agency days. Since we did so many tech companies, we actually had like a brand equation that mm-hmm. was you know posi- position plus personality plus this plus you know you know uh, to the power of time. You know so how long you do it is is really important. Um, I won't go into that. To to me, to me, a brand is is really boy it it's yeah i i had i had the answer for this and i'm rethinking it as we, as we speak. <laughs> that's good because it's it's a living and breathing organic thing a brand so it's you know that the thought can change it, re- it's a it lot really of things. is it's, it's i to me a brand a brand is a, a having a uniquely strong mind share in your field essentially you know people know who you are it's like and you know, computers. Of course, everyone knows who Apple is. You know, yeah. You you just say Apple, you got it. You say Microsoft. Now, a lot of people don't even know they make like Surface products. You know, so what does it stand they're for? weak. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And they're, they're they're really weak. Um, you go to audio you know, an audio show. Everyone knows. Everyone knows who shit is. Um, you know, they don't all love us. They don't all hate us. But you know, everyone knows who we are. So it's yeah. like this this unique kind of dominating mind share is to me that's brand and you can get it you know through a crazy name or you can get it through you know spending 120 million dollars a year on advertising for 20 <laughs> years you know, which is you know the old cpg you know way of, of doing it the power uh, because yeah it, the power yeah if, if you hear day. if you hear tide you know eight hundred and seventy five thousand times during your lifespan you probably know it's a detergent and, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no totally totally yeah 
Um, a question that I ask uh, every every founder who makes it uh, through hitting the mark um, is, uh, is is it's it's a pretty it's a pretty big question. I usually give people a heads up. Um, what what is one word or two words or, or or a short phrase that can describe your brand? So if you would take everything everything about the shit brand. And you would, and, and I'm not doing shit puns on this show because I had an episode full of shit puns with with the with the founder of shit that I need. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. But if you take all of that in a funnel and out comes this one or two, these one or two words that really kind of like describe what what the brand stands for, what would it be? Yeah, and and that was that was a really interesting question. Um, if I have to do one word, if it was just one word, it really is fun. Hmm. Because oddly enough, you know, audio is about listening to music. It's you know, it's about enjoying yourself. It's about having fun. And yet, a lot of audio, especially <laughs> high end audio, it looks really kind of grim. You know, people don't look like they're having fun. They're 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 looking for defects in the recording, and you know, they're not having fun when they get the bill for their you know two hundred and seventy thousand dollar system. Uh, and I'm not kidding. There was actually a dealer to show that said, well, if the system doesn't cost, you know, a quarter million dollars or more, it's not serious. <laughs> like, yeah, that's nice. I don't want to be serious. I want to be fun. So <laughs> shit is fun. And if there's two words, it's fun and affordable. So it's, and, and affordable is debatable when we make, you know, $2,500 products, but it's, it's affordable within the category. Yeah, nothing we make is five figures. Uh, nothing, nothing is high five figures. Nothing is low six figures, like some of the <laughs> some of the audio stuff out there. Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah, but yeah. you've got a hundred dollar unit, right? Yes, which and we sell is amazing. Yeah, you know, you know, tens of thousands of those every you know every year uh, of each type. So I mean, hmm. the the hundred and fifty dollar and lower stuff just moves, and that's and getting out to Texas helped a lot. Because now Valencia is kind of like the the crafty build, you know, more complex products, and and we can we can do the the more complicated things here. The you know two now two fifty and up essentially. What's uh, next? What's next for the shit brand? What are you excited about in the in the next six months or so that you're you're okay sharing with us? Well, it, it may surprise you. We love you know kind of tweaking people with unexpected stuff <laughs> and. And you know, barbecuing the sacred cows of audio. <laughs> you know, s- starting with the name, um, and actually, you know, recently we kind of brought back that old school, you know, idea of equalizers. Um, and people are like equalizers. Huh. That, you know, that, you know, my dad had one of those. It sounded like ass, and it, you know, it hissed, and it was terrible. And it's like, no, 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 we we fixed all that. But now you can, you know, we. we brought back high-end tone control. So, and those things are going crazy. But there's more. We're we're gonna really torture some people this year. If if I get a couple things out, if I'm real successful with one product, some people are gonna stop and go, "Have we been doing that wrong for like <laughs> that's exciting. thirty years?" That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, and I may be wrong. You know, I may be wrong. Maybe one like our turntable. You know, people might go, "That's stupid." You well, know. that's what it takes. One out of 20 products, not a problem, right? It's worth it. It's worth right, it. For, the, the risk is worth what, what could be around the corner. Yeah, we do allow ourselves to take risks. And, you know, it's, un, you know, actually, this new crazy idea I'm, I'm really proud of because 
it could be a very expensive product. I'm working on the very expensive version of it, but it's actually coming out at like a $350 price point to start at, at the affordable price point. And then if people like it, then we'll do the big, crazy, stupid thing, right. you know, that you could, that, you know, for the other, you know, the other side, you know, which would be $22, $2,300 or something like that. Um, but we'll well see. you got us excited. Um, yeah. Where can people follow, follow your company? Uh, actually, our most active, uh, most active thread is at HeadFi, uh, HeadFi.org, uh, which is uh, where all the headphone uh, people congregate. They have a section in there for essentially HeadFi bloggers. I am one of them. Um, and that's where I've serialized uh, the book uh, that you're reading. Um, and also, you know, to be honest, more like probably 50 or 60 more chapters that kind of follow on. Uh, some of them are going to be, you know, you know, kind of business advice and some of them are going to be like, you know, this is a new product and some of them are going to be, um, yeah, <laughs> technical stuff that'll melt your brain. So <laughs> it, 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 it is a bit of a mix, but I, I try to warn people, you know, it's like, if you're not technical, you may not want to do this one. Fantastic. That's awesome. And otherwise, they can obviously go to shit.com, which is S-C-H-I-I-T.com. And yeah, hey, um, Jason, this was absolutely awesome. I appreciate your time so much. Uh, I'm so glad that we got to most of most of my questions. There are many more. Um, but uh, but thanks, thanks again for 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 sharing for sharing the story with us. Yeah, absolutely. And no, thanks for having me. I do, I do like talking about this. Um, you know, for you know, actually, for at least somewhat selfish reasons, it helps me focus. You know, as well. But I also just like talking to people about yeah, you know, branding. I'd be happy to talk to anyone about you know, branding, marketing. Um, you know, starting and running a, a, a stupid hi-fi you know company. Uh, <laughs> you know, I may not be startup. right. Yeah, I, I may not be right because like. There are other approaches. You, you well, you may that. not be right, but you have been right, and uh, that is kind of that is kind of something that you can put some some laurels on. <laughs> so. And, and I, actually, that's probably a good point. It's right for you, and that's and I mean your your approach was very very radical, right? <laughs> it's like you yes. came in with big. Th it's not for everyone, but but it sure leaves a dent. And so it's super interesting to see how other people go into into the same space or into the similar space. But hey, again, thank you for the time. Appreciate it. Um and um and yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we'll we'll talk soon. Yeah, definitely. Uh, give me a call anytime. I'm around. Jason stuttered on how he created an improbable brand. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I have the conversation. And if so, you know what to do. Subscribe, rate, and please do share the show. Hitting the Mark is produced by my consultancy, Finian, where we create clarity for brand transformations. This episode was edited by the one and only Everett Barton, and the Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by Happiness One. I will see you next time, when we once again will be hitting the mark.